It is the week of May 22nd, and I frankly couldn't be happier because summer is finally winning the wrestling match with winter uh, here in Colorado. And my soul is well. I hope your soul is well, friends. Welcome back to the Well at Heart podcast. Let's take a moment. Let's release everything that is clamoring for our hearts right now. Let's give it all to Jesus. I give everyone and everything to you, God, so that we can center ourselves in a time with him. Yes, Lord, everyone and everything. And sometimes it's helpful, friends, to pause and ask, Jesus, what do I need to release today? What do I need to release, Lord? And we say yes, everyone and everything, in order to have you, Jesus. You are our choice. You are our love, our life, our everything. Come and meet us today. Well, Alan, where are we going this week? I think we're going in a really fascinating direction. We're going to talk about the difference between revelation from God and our interpretation of it. And John, you brought this topic up a few weeks ago. We were in a group conversation that you were leading and you had this fantastic analogy of, of what you're talking about. And you were saying, for most believers, what this feels like is we're driving down the highway and we see this big billboard as we drive by. And all it has is, is one word, now. So we see this huge word, now. And, and we see that and we're like, that's it, God. Okay, I'm running. I got it. I'm going with that. That was the revelation that now is the moment. Now is the time. But then you were saying the the problem is we get tangled up because we bring our interpretation to it. And you were saying now like now what? Is is it now quit or now persevere or now advance or retreat or pause or change everything? <laughs> So it, yep. it, it was just this moment when you were saying that, that I was like, we, we just have to talk about this in a podcast because yeah. yeah, we all want the revelation from God and we need it, but that's actually the first part. And so we're just going to talk about it's both It's only parts. the first part. There's yeah. this huge other piece, which is interpretation. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. Okay. So friends, if you were to come into our outpost here in Colorado Springs, we don't call it an office building. We call it the outpost. You would walk into the main room, kind of the family room where we hold staff meetings and, and that sort of thing. And on the wall are these beautiful, beautiful architectural renderings, schematics, watercolor, pen and ink. They're very, very lovely. Uh, there's, a, I don't know, half a dozen of uh -huh. them on the wall of buildings and grounds. And what it is, it's a design of what we have called for 22 years, 
the center. And there's a story that goes with it. And there's a reason that those still hang on the wall. When we were just starting out, I mean, way, way back in the beginning, late 90s, we had this incredible sense of uh, um, God calling us into mission, into ministry, into camaraderie and teamwork, and, and that he was about to birth something through which this message could operate, through which sacred romance and while at heart and captivating and all the things that were being birthed, like the epicenter would be something we called the center. And we, we pictured it as a beautiful monastic type retreat center yes. somewhere here in Colorado. It was so real to us that we had an architect draw up renderings, pen and ink, watercolor, just beautiful. And we began a land search. We, we spent months driving all over Colorado, even into New Mexico, up into Wyoming, looking for the place that this center would land. It is 20 years later, and we're in a fairly normal, <laughs> kind of boring <laughs> office building here in Colorado Springs on a fairly boring suburban street. <laughs> there's, there's nothing monastic about it. There's nothing particularly beautiful about it. There, there's actually construction going on across the street this right, month. Right. They're putting in a new housing development. And you go, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Like you guys, we, we received so many words around that, so much inspiration. We had so many dreams around that. Like, did it not come true? Yeah, what do you do with that? Yeah, exactly. What do you do with that? And what we came to understand over time is that some words from God, some dreams that you have, I don't mean sleeping dreams, I mean desires, visions for your future, heart dreams that you hold, some hopes, and, and some like that sense of the prophetic visions and words from God. Some of those things are specific. Yes, it is time to leave your current job. I do want you to go back to grad school. I, I received that word, and I did, you know, uh-huh. years and years ago. Some of, sometimes it's very, very specific. Oftentimes, however, it is symbolic or what we would call mythic. There are mythic things like the word now. Now is the time, you know. Oh yes. my gosh! Like honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna vent a little. <laughs> part of my oh, part of my peeve with the with the prophetic world, and I'm actually a guy with a very strong prophetic gifting. So I love that world. But my peeve with it is, people will come up with the vaguest things. I hear the Lord saying, "This is a new season." Right. And it's always that stuff. And 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 I, I see abundance and and I see a breaking forth. Go, okay, oh, okay, maybe that may be from God, but what does it mean? What does that mean? There's there's revelation and interpretation. And we were so convinced that it meant an actual retreat center that we honestly, Alan, we never stopped to ask. Oh wow. We just brought our interpretation to it. We're like, woohoo, yippee, <laughs> this is exactly what we want. Mm. And so, 
loving God, our loving God, took us through this process where we started visiting retreat centers. So we weren't just looking for land. We were also looking for, let's go visit people who are doing this now. Let's talk to them. And it was about only four visits that I went, oh my God, I don't want that life. I don't want to live where I work and have people knocking on my door at 3 a.m. because there's no toilet paper. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, you know, we need more <laughs> towels in the men's in the men's washroom. And I realized, oh my gosh, my calling, is, I'm not an innkeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have a lovely calling to that. Right. I am that's not my calling. I'm not an innkeeper. I, I am a teacher and and yes, something of a prophet. And and so I can't be spending my time taking care of a facility, right? And worrying about, yes. hey, are we going to get the grass cut this week? Who's our gardener? <laughs> you see what I mean? Totally. I mean, it sounds like a massive rescue. But there was revelation yes. about a center yep, and about how Wild at Heart would reach people through a center. Yes. But how have you come to see that now? Like, what is the interpretation of that today in your mind? Well, the, yeah, just <laughs> we didn't ask, do you mean a literal retreat facility? We didn't ask. We just assumed. And then he got us out of that and we realized, oh, wait a second. Some of this is mythic. Some of it's specific. Now, we do have a building. We have a lovely headquarters, thanks to the generosity of, of a large donor, one guy actually bought this building for us. And he's with Jesus now, but he's still hearing the podcast. Thank you so much, Chuck. Thank you. you. So we do have a place out of which we do teach and operate and bring this message in the world. And the life within this suburban office building (laughs) is very monastic. It's actually a very sacred space. People come in and they just go, oh, I love it in here because yes, God is here presence of God is here. And yep, monastery bells ring out twice a day in the building at 10 and 2, calling everyone to prayer. Yep. Some of that is somewhat specific, but but what we realize, first off, in not wanting to own our own retreat facility and therefore have overhead and maintenance and yeah, staff and all that, we've had an incredible partnership over the years with the Young Life Camps around the U.S., particularly here in Colorado, and then with other retreat centers around the world. We've come into some, like the Tops Retreat Center south of Sydney in Australia has been an incredible place for us. They are the innkeepers. They love it. It brings them joy. We are the messengers. We can come into a center-type environment. So it has, it has been fulfilled, but it was far bigger for one thing, than we even knew. And it was much of it was symbolic or mythic and not like specific, you will go build these buildings. Yes. That's so good. And, you know, John, you have talked and taught us for a long time that anytime you get a revelation, the first thing is the revelation. The second follow up question that we should ask is when? Yes. Because timing always is key. Yes. And the assumption tends to be, well, if the revelation is now, the timing is now. Yes. But unlike the billboard where we saw, you know, the word now, I think we have as sons and daughters of God, the, the invitation to enter into that mystery and unknown with God of what's to come and say, yes, 
and now when or how. Yes. In other words, say more. Yes. (laughs) Lord, say more. So we mentioned a little bit about this in an earlier podcast back in April, but friends, we, we receive things from God. It may be that a scripture just leaps off the page to you and it feels like a promise or you, you hear a sermon or a homily and God just speaks profoundly to you through it or someone brings to you a, a word from God. They say, I was praying for you and I, I really sense a, a word from God over your life. Or in our own time of prayer, we hear something from God or we receive a vision. We see something from the kingdom of God. It is so important at that point. Write it down. Absolutely. Write it down. And then ask God for the correct interpretation. As I was describing uh, back in April, like I'm noticing a number of ministries right now receiving genuine words from God. I get their newsletters and emails and stuff, but then bringing, just so clearly bringing their own interpretation to it. Yes, you know, we're going to double our staff or this is the year our books are going to reach into the millions. And you go, whoa, 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 wait a second. I don't, I don't know that that word you just told me about abundance or breakthrough actually means that. Like yes. that you need to be careful first that like we were doing, you aren't just filling in the blanks with your dreams, desires, hopes, aspirations, or even timing, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is so beautiful because it requires a genuine level of maturity and surrender to say, whoa, thank you, God. Thank you for this word or this picture, this vision. Thank you. Now. Let's unpack this together. Bring me interpretation. Bring me confirmation. Let other people speak into this, Lord. I want the correct interpretation of this. And trying to hold expectancy in that in-between rather than trying to force through expectations. No, 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 no. This is not only what it is, but this is how it needs to play out. And this is when it needs to play out. And John, I had this experience. I haven't told you about this, but with my dad, he passed away in 2006. And since boyhood, he was always a loving father in terms of he loved being a dad, especially as I got into my 20s and 30s. I really wanted him to pour into me and have a father-son relationship. In the last couple of years of his life, uh, he was in his 70s. And it still wasn't happening. Mm. And in a time of prayer with God, I I did sense God saying, you are going to enter into a period of sonship and and of fathering. And I was overjoyed and I took that to heart and assumed it would be pretty quick, you know, because he's in his 70s. Well, it never happened. And he passed away a few years later. And I didn't understand that for a while until I realized, right, he was unable to do that. But God had for me a whole new experience of what it meant to be his son. Mm. And, and it wasn't a backup plan. It wasn't, you know, um, boy, you, you know, you didn't get the real thing, but mm-hmm. now you get the, you get this substitute, this, this kind of, okay. It was actually 
the only thing that would have satisfied my soul. Even if my dad, earthly dad, had done that, he couldn't do it in a way that God could do it. And so I entered into a like a decade-long period with God of sonship mm. that defined really a 10-year period of my life and changed me forever. But it sure wasn't how I thought it would play out. And if I had put all my hopes in, no, God, you, you said mm. my dad and I, which he didn't really say, he's, what he said was, you're going to understand the beauty of being fathered. And his interpretation of that was far better, far more than I could have hoped for. But if I didn't allow for that, bitterness could have set in or, or distrust in God or, or pulling hopelessness. Away. Like yeah. it'll never happen now because my dad's gone. Right. Like I, I have no hope of that. Right. When all along the word, the revelation to your life was true and is still being fulfilled to this very moment. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good example. I'm going to take this moment to get something off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, gang, can we also just point out that the book of Revelation is highly symbolic, not specific, and that people bring their agendas, desires, longings to it. They bring their theology, they bring their theological systems to it and take something that is clearly, clearly highly symbolic, right? Whether it's the beast or the trumpets or the seven bowls or, you know, all the, I mean, there's some wild stuff. Right, right. The whore of Babylon. Who's the whore of Babylon? Like Babylon as a city doesn't exist anymore. Yes. So it's clearly symbolic, but people will bring their agendas to it, their politics, their theology. And then there's heartbreak and confusion because they say, no, no, no. Like, no, it was supposed to be this. I remember States and I, we came to Christ in the 70s, and it was the Jesus Revolution movement and all that was going on. It was absolutely beautiful. It was also a time of, uh, it was a big prophetic time. Lots of prophecies coming out of the church and a lot of prophecies around the end times. And I believe it was at this time, it was in the early 80s, that Mikhail Gorbachev was the president of Russia. And everyone was convinced he was the Antichrist. Gorbachev, some of you will remember, had this um, birthmark, very pronounced birthmark on his bald forehead. It was red. It was big. And people were trying to project onto this birthmark a dragon. You know, he, <laughs> it looked kind of like a dragon. I mean, maybe if you brought your imagination to it. And so there was all this stuff of, you know, we're there and it's happening and he's the guy. Or it was Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist or... Oh my goodness. And, and the problem is the prophecy remains true. The interpretation was incorrect. And it actually ended up being very disappointing for a lot of people and confusing. And then people pull back and go, well, maybe, yeah. maybe none of it's true. Right. The center is still true. And we actually talk about it all the time. We, we talk about being in a season of it now where we're doing more teaching 
and training uh-huh. around the world than we've ever done before. Yes. So the center, in a symbolic sense, is thriving, but not in a literal sense. Yeah, and it could have it could have broken our hearts. It could have really thrown us and felt like, well, I guess the favor of God isn't on our on our work anymore. We go, whoa, 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 hang on. The the word remains true. The prophecies remain true. The promises of God remain true. But it's so critical that we are careful with our interpretation so that we don't bring heartbreak into our own lives. And and kind of that pulling away from God, that hurt, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'm going to take my ball and go home, right? or into other people's lives. Because when we do that, not only are we unkind to others by trying to force something that we thought should have happened the way we imagined it, but I think, John, we're also hard on our own heart. Like we're, we're there's that running with an interpretation that's not God's interpretation sets us up in any number of ways to start to doubt God, his goodness, to to doubt our place in his story, to doubt others. Like it just, there's a million ways the enemy can get in yes. and create this disappointment or this separation yes. instead of union. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. So the first thing you always seek is union. The first thing you always seek is intimacy, Alan. That's really good. That's really good. So right now, very currently, I have been receiving from God some very, very important words to me, pictures, visions, and words that I don't yet fully have the interpretation of. And I have found myself so desperate, longing, desiring to know what they mean, that I actually begin to pursue the rest of the revelation more than I'm pursuing the intimacy. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really dangerous territory because I don't want the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. I want the tree of life. Yeah. I don't want to pursue knowledge as security. Yes. I want to pursue God. And so to you get a word, you get a promise, uh, something comes to you or someone else brings it to you, or maybe your church has uh, you know, a prophecy over it or someone's sharing something about what's taking place in the world. Write it down, put it in your journal, and then begin to ask Holy Spirit. In particular, when Jesus, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will remind you of everything I've said to you, and he will lead you into all truth. So part of the beautiful ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to lead us into the truth. And so, Holy Spirit, here now is this vision I had or this dream, uh, a literal dream at night that I had that really felt like it was from God, and now Bring me, say more. What are you saying? Bring me, Lord, the interpretation of this. Times of prayer, um, if at all possible, unless it is highly personal, please, please invite other people into it, especially the big stuff, right? Like if you do think it is, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to quit my job and go plant a church in Uganda, I really feel that. I, th- I think that. Please get other people Absolutely. involved in the interpretation. Yes. Of that, 
and then write those things. Like start a whole little running log of the word and further words and, and confirmations and interpretations coming so that you really get the full revelation from God. Yes. Including right down into, uh, Alan, you mentioned when. When, Lord, because that's critical. Like he may show you something for your life. I've had friends that have had these beautiful visions over their lives, thought they were for the coming year. And actually it was years later that those things came true. And it was a heartbreaking period for them, a period of great confusion because they just didn't ask when. Yeah. What, what I'm seeing, Lord, what I'm hearing from you, when, when is this for? Who is this for? How will this unfold? Yeah. John, how would you address to the listener asking themselves, how do I know if this is a word from God or just kind of what I hope would happen for my future mm. or for my dreams? Mm. Um, they're not entirely different, folks, <laughs> because he gave you your heart and he gave you your personality and he gave you your desire, but they're not the same either. Just just because you have a dream of, yeah, living in the country or you have a dream of planting a church in Uganda doesn't necessarily mean that that's from God. So here's the beauty uh, and the holiness and the maturity of listening prayer and of the prophetic world. The practice of surrender. Lord, I lay this down. I surrender my longings my desires, my timing. <laughs> I surrender my interpretation. I surrender so that I'm not bringing that's that good. to it. There's an open-handedness, yes. right? I think that's the first step. Um, and then, as I said, and then inviting the Holy Spirit in or Holy Spirit. Most people are taking the off of it because it's not an object. He's a person <laughs> asking Holy Spirit in please guide me in the truth please and then and then testing it and asking for confirmations that's all part of this beautiful process and god is always after the intimacy that's good right yes he said stay with the intimacy pursue jesus more than you are pursuing any vision or promise because then your heart is free to be able to receive things from him, maybe even things greater than you ever dreamed or imagined because your heart's his. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Cause I had a friend who recently was telling me, wow, there's this opportunity I have to move and it's out of my price range. And it's something that's, you know, all of the things I've always dreamed of in terms of where it is and, and the type of home and the neighborhood and the community you know, there's, but there's a lot of risk involved because I'm not sure how I'm going to pay the the house note, but I know God's in it because it's so risky. I couldn't do it without him. And I'm like, I, I think you might want to slow down a little because, you know, we all want the things that stir our heart and, and God did place probably a lot of those desires there. But the way to know it's from God is not that it's so risky if he doesn't show up things blow up yes. like that. That alone is not 
the filter, right? right? Like, and it could lead to a, a big collapse mm-hmm. and, and then doubt and then, yes, you know, separation from God. Yes. Just because it's risky doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. Right. Just because it requires faith doesn't mean it's from God. Yes. Yeah. And, and now for a difficult but helpful word. Friends, we are eternal beings with an eternal destiny in the kingdom of God. And your calling and anointing was actually given to you before the fall of man. Because you were, you were in God's heart before all time. Okay, And it extends far past and into the renewal of all things. And many, many dreams that people have, like longings, desires, and then literal visions, dreams, pictures of their future, um, everyone is trying to pack it into the present moment. Wow. Whereas much of it actually is fulfilled, or at least fully fulfilled, truly fulfilled, you know, in the rest of your unending life. And so Dallas Willard was, he just would say these really disturbing things. He would say, you should be making plans for what you will be doing 10,000 years from now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, Dallas, come on. That's like, first off, nobody's doing that. And that sounds so preposterous, but it's like the teaching of Jesus. It's intended to bump you out of yes. your current set of suppositions and into another way of looking at things. What he was trying to say is that, yeah, much of the dreams, much of the longings, much of the desires are actually fulfilled in the rest of your unending life, not in the next two years, not in, quote, this life, right? And I know that that can feel like a word that's um, defeating or disappointing, discouraging, But actually, it's such a rescue to realize, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Some of this is for later, and that's okay. That that beautiful vision I had of, of, you know, a home in the countryside and even a big family, that, that actually may be for the coming kingdom. And that doesn't need to disappoint or dishearten. It's as secure as anything could possibly be if yeah. it's located there. Right. 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 And, and then the things that we love and are drawn to, we not only can pursue them now, but with what you're saying, John, it, those are hints of things that we'll get to savor and enjoy mm-hmm. in the coming kingdom. And you talk mm-hmm. about that in All Things New. Yes. There's a beautiful chapter on that of the things that we'll get to do yes. through our gifting and through our desires in the coming kingdom. Yes. And I think, I think we'll lay on the podcast with this. Friends, we are in a period of great transition. We are on the brink of, of the transition from this age to the age to come. We are. And whether you think that's 100 years from now or... 50 years from now or next year isn't important to this point. The point is we are. We are in a period of transition. The soul can feel it. The longings, the desires. And so now more than ever, we need to be very careful that we are not reading into the present moment, first off, all of our hopes and dreams. Uh Oh my gosh, please don't. 
entrust those to the present moment. Right. Some, maybe. I think in this moment, many people are picking up many things from the kingdom of God. There are, there are words and prophecies and visions. Please, please, please ask for the interpretation in an hour like this, and don't just assume that you know what that means and when it's for and, and all of that. We've got to, yeah, just really be mature and walk intimately with Jesus. And I've said this in multiple settings and occasions, but the reason that God does not give anyone the plan for their life, right? The master plan is that you would go do it without him. He keeps the mystery so that we seek him daily, so that we stay very, very close. I have received such beautiful words, pictures, visions, promises from God in the last six months. They are astounding. (laughs) They're partial. And doggone it. (laughs) Well, here's the beautiful thing. That means every day, every day I come back. And first off, I want you more than I want understanding. I want you, God, more than knowledge. Yes. And what are you saying? Show me what you're saying, Lord. Say more. Say more. Fill all this out. You see, the mystery keeps us coming home, keeps us turning back into God.